This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. The sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you on up. Beautiful Saturday morning. Oh my goodness! Isn't this great, Charlie? What a difference a week has made. Oh man! Why even James Patrick Dooley was smiling when we came Uh, this morning. Even our our (laughs) producer, the first voice that will greet you as you call in to the following numbers. Oh, okay. Nice segue. Oh yeah. Okay, four one six three six zero. 0740. Okay, that's for Toronto area callers. And anywhere else in the province, toll free, we pick up the charge. 1 866 740 And our little mantra goes this away call early, call often, one question per call, or else Patrolman Proctor pulls you over to the side of the phone and gives you a ticket. Side of the phone. Yeah. I like that. All right, so heads up oh, on that. Oh, and, and let me know, uh, let us know, if you're a first-time caller, because should that happen, you shall be welcomed to the garden. <laughs> or and handed some wings to yes, yes, float like above Clarence. the garden. Exactly. And uh, yes, because the gardens are really looking quite oh, lovely just man. now. Oh, man, yeah, you just... You know, uh, Di and I were driving uh, around St. Catharines, actually, Oh, last and you're week. two weeks and, ahead of us here. And, man, the lawns are all growing. Oh, and, it's more than that. I mean, yeah. they, they, look, look, just even out the window here. The Beautiful leaves flowers. have popped. The mm-hmm. flowers are popping. I came down. I saw flowering pears on my way down. And some of the crab apples are starting to bloom. Marilyn mentioned a, a lovely alley at the, behind the uh, John Robarts Library at U of T. She said it's gorgeous. So might have to just make a, a detour yeah. over there on my way home. But before anything we start anything else big happy birthday to my mom oh wait dolly there you go hey <laughs> happy birthday dolly yes happy birthday and we'll be taking mom out for brunch tomorrow uh as well we have a special guest coming up later in the show claudia zucato ria she is the de- director of development from the toronto botanical gardens but she's going to tell us about some of the upcoming events at the tbg some of which are pretty fun and exciting so we'll get into that now don't forget, the Riverdale Hort Society has their worm casting fundraiser. Oh, that's right. Have you been looking after your worms? No feeding press. them? No, yeah. <laughs> collecting their <laughs> castings? Because tomorrow is the first day, or sorry, today is the first day of pickup for the worm castings between 10 and 1 o'clock, also next Saturday. But uh, so for more information, of course, RHS Worm Casting. So I was going to say Richmond Hill. No, Riverdale Hort Society. Wormcastings at gmail.com. Okay. Okay. The Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society holding their fifth anniversary super plant sale at the TBG tomorrow. Uh, So for more information on that, go to W on Rock Garden, so Ontario Rock Garden, on rockgarden.com, and just look under events and you can get more information. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Burlington Hort Society General Meeting and Flower Show is going to be held this Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. Dan Cooper, <clears throat> the speaker, is also a master gardener, co-author of Gardening from a Hammock, Lots of refreshments. Didn't we interview him? Yes, we did. I saw him this past Wednesday. I was at a neat event. The garden writers every year are invited to a preview of what Loblaw or President's Choice will be offering in their garden um, areas Mm -hmm. for the spring. And so I saw Dan there and a bunch of other friends and colleagues. And it's pretty fun. You meet the growers, uh, some of who come all the way from Europe, the breeders and growers. They're showing off what's new and exciting, at, at, which will be in the Insider's Report and, of course, 
course, what's right. going to be at the garden centers at Loblaws. And, yeah, pretty neat stuff. Now, would Galen Weston be there? No. No? Peter Cantley is there. He's their vice president of flor- florals and, uh-huh. and all things green. And Peter was on our show as well last year uh-huh. at one point. We might have to get him back just to talk about some of these mighty meadows. Mighty meadows. Yeah, what does that make you think of when I say mighty mato? Mm. A mato. A wrestler. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, a sumo wrestler. Yeah, like yeah. a really big. I'm the mighty tomato. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so it? it's a tomato. Oh. But it's a mighty tomato. Beca- and it is kind of like a sumo wrestler because when they grow, they're huge. The plants are huge. They give you four times the yield. And what about the, ta- the taste? Well, they're the same tomatoes you've always grown. It oh, could be beefsteak, okay. could be whatever. I thought maybe exponentially the taste went up too. Well, the taste should be just as good, if not better. It's a, it's more of a yield thing, and it's a heart, it's a vitality thing. And then what Man, makes them? You make a huge sandwich with one of those. Well, right? what makes them mighty <laughs> is that they're actually grafted. So anyway, we'll talk oh, about okay. that at another right. time. But bottom line, it's there's some pretty neat stuff coming. So one more thing before you tell me I have to stop talking yes. because I know you do like to boss me around. <laughs> the Georgetown Hort Society is presenting its annual plant sale and silent auction next Friday, May 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. It's at the Gellert Community Center, 10 to 41 8th Line. Excellent selection of perennials, annuals, shrubs, evergreens, hanging, baskets, vegetables, and more. Now, the next day, next Saturday, the Thornhill Hort Society will be having their plant sale at the Thornhill Community Center, Bayview and John Streets. It'll be at the northwest corner of the parking lot, and it's from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. next Saturday. I'm okay. going to stop right You're gonna there. St- are you really? Yep, I can okay. keep going. You made that decision. I didn't I force can, you. I okay. can feel you uh, starting yes. to huff and puff Well, there. Uh, there are a number of callers waiting ever mm-hmm. so patiently to talk to you. One in particular that I'll get to in a bit. But first, <laughs> well, well, we're going to welcome Patricia to the line from Aurora uh, right after we have a few words here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. It's The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you with us here this morning, sharing this wonderful May 4th. And we're going to Aurora right off the bat here. Say hi to Patricia. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, I'm, my question is, my family have bought me tulips, daffodils, and now, of course, if they've outdated themselves. Can I put the bulbs in the garden now, or do I have to wait till fall? No, you could definitely put them in the garden now. Uh, I assume there's, the flowers are finished, but oh, there's gone, yeah. still green leaves. Yeah, Excellent. just leaves. Okay. Now, you've got to leave those leaves on the plants. Yeah. So you, what I will usually do is just take the pot... Uh, mm-hmm. The pots outside, yeah. uh, of course, put them where they're going to get some sun, water them as necessary. Eventually, the leaves will turn yellow and dry up and shrivel up. And yeah. at that point, the bulbs are dormant. That'll take about a month or so. Yeah. And at, at that point is your best point to replant into the garden. So you can transplant into the garden now if you wish to, yeah. but they're not going to look better. They're going to look worse, right? Because remember, those leaves yeah. are going to be all yellow and ugly. So that's yeah. why I kind of tuck them off in a corner somewhere in the pot just leave them alone and then put them in the garden in the any time after the next month or so right up until frost next you know the ground freezes next winter yeah make sure it's a sunny spot in your garden and well drained spot you don't want a wet spot no no excellent thank you very much thank you patricia thanks for your call all right now i'm going to have to not get a little technical but go behind the (laughs) scenes a bit for the listeners here Uh, we sit in a studio uh, yes we're separated from our fabulous producer james patrick dooley and uh when he answers the phone he we have a monitor don't give too much information but uh i just want to explain what i'm seeing (laughs) yes yes i'm seeing that our next caller is ross from ajax and then in the comments section I can't believe it. Belly mildew. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious as hell to talk to Ross about this because I think you should be calling a doctor right away. Yeah. But anyway, good morning, Ross. How are you? Good morning. Good <laughs> morning, Ross. Straight, straighten that morning, out for me. Belly mildew? No, downy. Downy. 
I knew there was something wrong there. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Russ. You got another virgin here, so you can ring oh. your bell. Oh, oh there you another go. virgin. Oh, my gosh. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so that downy mildew. Yes. Uh, yeah. You said that it's uh, going to hang around for five years? In the soil, yep. Now, will that affect any other plants that I plant in there? No, but it will very much affect impatience, Wallariana. Pardon? It certainly did. It did last year for you? Yep. Me too. They just collapsed. Now, remember, New Guinean patients are not going to be affected by the downy mildew. Begonias, you know, any of the shade-tolerant plants that you would use instead of your traditional impatience are fine in that soil where you know you've got the downy mildew. But avoid regular impatience. I would avoid entirely. But certainly if you've had the experience of the impatience collapsing last year, definitely avoid impatience in that same soil this year. Okay, fantastic. Okay, and for the next, as we said, five years, minimum. <laughs> okay, thanks so much, Ross. Okay, thank hey, you. And I'm, I'm delighted to know that you don't have belly yeah. mildew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're very happy about that. <laughs> thanks for have calling. Have a great weekend, okay? All right, you too. All right, bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Here's uh, Ross from Ajax. Oh, but that, that broke me right up, and you should see the red face on uh, James, I know, James. James don't Gooley. make fun yeah. of him. <laughs> okay, uh, back to our lines here from Oshawa. John is on the line. Good morning, John. Good morning. Morning. Yeah. Top of the morning to you. And and the rest of the day to yourself. I say, I say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, you were talking, I think it was during, it was the first part of the week, you were talking about annuals. Mm-hmm. And uh, and anyway, I, uh, like impatience or petunias, mm-hmm. and uh, well, when I make the hole in the ground, I uh, make the hole in the ground, uh-huh. and I stick a, and I mix up a little bit of what they call plant starter, mm-hmm. and I set the, and I set the, um, the annual in, the, in the little hole, mm-hmm. and I pour this plant starter in. Excellent. But they don't seem to, uh, they don't seem to uh, grow very much. Oh. Am I doing something wrong or what? Well, okay, first question is when you're mixing up the plant starter, which is a starter fertilizer, you are following the instructions in terms of your mix, right? That's right. Okay. Um, what might, okay, and then you make a little hole, you plant your annuals, and you don't find that they're kind of going poof and growing, like, you know, quickly for you. That's right. Now, what, uh, tell me about your soil. Is it reasonably good soil? Do you amend well, it? Well, it's been pretty good over the year. I, I add, uh, I, I usually add some peat moss to the soil when I, uh, before I plant, eh? Okay. You might find I didn't that... want to, I, I don't want to take the, uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not that um, young anymore to uh, have to dig all the soil, uh, you know. No. Dig a, no, I wouldn't do that either. You know what I did this year? Because I'm, I'm with you. Like, I'm not going to go through and start digging up my whole garden just for the sheer joy of it. But I do top dress my garden with a good quality, organic, fairly rich compost. This year I'm using something called duck compost. It's from a duck farm. It's actually the bedding. So it's it's um, wood shavings that are just absolutely engorged, if you will, saturated with duck poop and uh but composted so it doesn't smell bad it's uh it's very light um and i just put it on the surface of the soil and the worms mix it in and all kinds of little creatures mix it in so in your case maybe think about uh, a couple of bags of manure composted manure if you could maybe just even sprinkle some of that on the surface of your soil before you plant and work it in the soil no you don't need to work it in just sprinkle it on the surface the worms will work it in for you Oh, okay. You know, keep it simple, right? Like, why break your back? Let the let all the little creatures do it for you. Um, so I don't do a lot of digging and mixing when I'm adding organic material because I let the, the little creatures do it for me. Uh, so that's what I'd be inclined to do is get a little something like composted manure. Even triple mix is good. Uh, straight peat moss is not amazing. It's actually quite sterile. It's a it's a good amendment if you've got a heavy clay soil, but right. other than that, or a real sandy soil, peat moss is not bad because it helps with moisture retention. It also helps to break up clay, but it's not adding any nutrient. And it sounds to me like you might just want to concentrate on something a little more nutritional. Where do you buy this uh, duck... Uh the duck compost I'm using, I you can get it um, in Oshawa. I think they even deliver now. The, it's by the 
bag? I'm not sure. They're delivering the one cubic yard, those big bags, which is more than probably you want to deal with. Uh, It's a company called Pick-A-Mix. So P-I-C-A-M-I-X. I can give you the phone number later, but they are available on the internet if you have access to the web. Just Google. Well, I Google. don't, but I know somebody that does. Okay, so pick a mix. Wonderful stuff. Just, oh, the plants love it. So just, just mix it on the, on the top of the soil? Yeah, uh, I just sprinkle it. You know, shovel full by shovel full. I just, you know, either I'm sort of throwing it out on the surface or I'm wiggling my shovel and... and dribbling it all over the surface of my gardens. It's right. not a good uh, product for the lawn because it's probably a little too um, chunky for the lawn, but it's wonderful for the gardens. Yeah, do you, do, you, uh, do you mind spelling that again for me? So pick, so P-I... Oh, just, just hang on a sec. i got to get a pencil here. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 You yeah. know what, John? Why don't you hang up? Yeah. Why don't you just hang up the phone and uh, cl- crank your radio up Right. And I will, while you're going to get a pencil, we will uh, probably we'll vamp, need to we'll go... We'll vamp till ready. We'll vamp okay. till ready. <laughs> and <laughs> you get yourself a oh, pen or pencil. Yeah, Thanks for your call. Carly and Frank <laughs> should be in a tank <laughs> down by the police station. All oh. right, stop. Okay. Um, I should, I, you know what? Let me read a quick email. Oh, all right. Hi, Charlie. This is from Barbara calling from Buffalo, writing from Buffalo. And we've all spoken right. to her on the phone yes. before. Thank you for the info you gave out about mulched leaves for the garden in the fall. Right. This is okay. very. This is a perfect segue to John. We were just talking yep. to an Oshawa whose soil has become depleted over time, and he's feeling a little like it's too much work to start digging and collecting and adding oh, too much stuff. stuff. Yeah. So this is all about leaves on the garden in the fall, mulching your leaves. As Barbara says, this is the best my veggie garden has ever been. What a joy not to fight a bed of weeds. My grandson and I planted peas and lettuce the other day. Well, he actually loved collecting a family of worms. Loved your show and the tips you give during the week. Happy spring, Barbara. Well, that's great. Thank you, Barbara. Barbara. from Buffalo. All right. Terrific. So to John, uh, got his pen. So pick P-I-C. A-M-I-X. Pick a Pick mix. A mix. And uh, as soon as I get a chance here, I'm going to give you a phone number as well, but we'll come back to that okay. in a few minutes. Well, as a matter of fact, we have to take a little bit of a break at this very moment because Franklin is ready to start his morning exercises. I know, I get it. My friends, I feel very good, invigorated, because it's spring, but I want to feel good when I get out there. Might even do the Toronto uh, Marathon Oh, right. Tomorrow, tomorrow. good idea. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. So I want to get in shape Straight for that. down Young Street. Yeah. I'll, I'll wave as you go by. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, okay yeah. good and enough. You've got the, you've got the rig, Lycra to wear. Anyway, well, yes. Okay, so uh, Frank's being silly about all his activities and his pain-free active life because both Frank and I take a product called Sierra Sill, completely natural mineral supplement taken daily, helps with joint pain, uh, any aches and and pain anywhere, like knees, hands, wrists, elbows. We find it quite effective. So, for more information, check out Sierra Sill. Dot CA or give them a call 1-877-JOINT-14 or pick up Sierracil at many health food stores. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And is my Walt. I love being here in the Garden Show to help Charlie out in any way I can. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Franklin Proctor here. You are old sous chef. Now, uh, you were com- Yes, okay. But first you were commenting that there's a lot of poop on this show. Well, yeah. You're dealing with a lot of poop. You've got the worm castings. You've got the frash. You've got the, the duck poop. And my gosh, uh, we've got the number for John and all the rest <laughs> who want to find out about Pick a Mix. Very simple. Boy, they've done it handily for you here. one and then P-I-C-A-M-I-X. Pick a mix. So just find those phone numbers on your telephone yeah. that coordinate to those letters. Pick a mix, one and you're there. Give them a call. Okay. Wonderful stuff Excellent. and nice people. Good, good. Okay, hey, we've got Doris online from Excellent. Toronto. Good morning, Doris. Good morning. Morning. Beautiful day. Oh, totally. Can't wait to get out into the garden. Well, you and me both. (laughs) Um, I'm the first time caller. Oh, Oh, wait a minute, Doris. Welcome. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) I have a problem. Mm -hmm. 
I have a hibiscus, mm-hmm. and it was growing beautiful in the house. I decided, well, it needs the sun. I'll take it out and put it on my deck. Mm-hmm. I got it out in the deck, and when I put it out, the sun was uh, out there nearly all day. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that the top leaves were uh, sort of... Uh, crispy. Look crispy. Yeah. Well, yeah, you sunburned it. Oh. That's all. But you know what? It's okay. Hibiscus are so tough. You're right. It looks a little probably crispy right now. Right. And it will lose the leaves that are badly um, burnt. Right. But more leaves will grow. For now, have you moved it into a little bit more shade? <laughs> I've been moving it all over the deck. As soon as I see the sun, oh. I put it in the shade. <laughs> You're racing around. I hope you have it on wheels of some kind. No. Okay, so you know what? Put it in a spot. It's okay. Morn- Remember, morning sun is a gentle sun. So if it's right. getting that eastern light, that's a good introduction to the real big bad world right. for plants that have come from inside our cozy homes to the outside where it's it's a much tougher situation. So get it in that eastern light. Leave it there for at least a week to 10 days. Water as necessary. Make sure it's not suffering or struggling. Excuse me, uh, leave it in the uh, shade? Well, it'll be in the, if, uh, assuming that there's going to be sun somewhere right. on your deck at all times, right. it's better to have the hibiscus start and any plant to start in the eastern light rather than the western light. Because the western or afternoon sun is a much stronger, hotter, harsher right. light. So right. rather than running around every half hour and moving this plant, right. because that's way too stressful, just let it get that morning sun, and then obviously it'll be an afternoon shade. Oh, okay. Great. So great. do that for at least 10 days, and then at that point you can move it out into full sun, because oh. the hibiscus really wants lots and lots and lots of sun. It'll be very happy if it's getting 24 hours a day sun. It doesn't mind. But well, for starters, you've got to start with some shade. Well, when I've I've had this, my uh, son and daughter-in-law bought it me for my birthday, mm-hmm. and uh, it was out in the sun all the time, mm-hmm. no problem at all. Sure, but that and was last year, that right? Was last year, yeah. And, that, and then I put it in the house. It's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. growing like a tree. Mm-hmm. And then when I put it outside, this is when I saw it happening. Sure. So that's but, when I kind of got worried about oh, it. Yeah, I know. And it's a, a lovely plant. But the, like Beautiful. I say, the good thing is, is these are tough plants. So, yes, it'll lose some leaves, but you're very unlikely to lose the plant. And right. just recognize that it, when you got it last year, it was ready to be outside because it had actually been grown outside in Florida. Uh, uh, then right. you got it, you had it outside. But when you took it inside your house, the new leaves that put out were all Living room leaves, right? They weren't right. outdoor tough leaves. So that's what you're doing right now is you're just right. toughening I, it up. I have one more question. About oh, I'm oh, sorry, my love. We can only only take one question per call. You can always call back, okay? Th- and, and we appreciate Thanks that very much. Thanks for your call, Doris. But you can call back, please. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And just the white flies on the hibiscus. Oh, well, <laughs> you better call back with that one. That's <laughs> a long answer. <laughs> I know. The white flies are a bit of a I love pain. how she tried to scoot under the wire with that one. Uh, uh, she okay, did a pretty good you know, job, actually. We do have to kind of hurry along here at 930 uh, and 42 seconds. Uh, we're uh, looking at the line that lets me know that your special guest has arrived. I was arrived. just going to say. Claudia we, is on the uh, line right now. This is Claudia Zucatoria. Oh, Claudia. Okay. Claudia. Good morning, Claudia. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Claudia. Good this morning. Is, this is Frank. Uh, so Claudia is the Director of Development for ah. the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Do you, actually, do you want to just give us a quick um, synopsis of what your actual job is, Claudia? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have a, a privileged job. I get to speak to all the people who have a great passion, not just for horticulture and gardening, but for the Toronto Botanical Garden itself. Uh-huh. So in doing that, I, I make a lot of friends. Nice. <laughs> and these friends are the ones who are responsible for essentially supporting the Toronto Botanical Garden and keeping it as the wonderful oasis uh, in the city that it is and the wonderful resource for anybody who wants to have a peaceful walk or learn something uh, about horticulture, about gardening, uh, or for all those people, uh, thousands and thousands of them, in fact, who take courses during yeah, the, right. throughout the year, in fact, right. not just during the summer, uh, or uh, children who take uh, uh, some of the many courses we have, uh, many of which are also offered free of charge to uh, the more vulnerable communities yeah, in our right. city. That's right. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm detecting a touch of an accent. It sounds to me like you're a beautiful Italian woman. 
Huh? Is well, this a true? Uh, it's an Italian accent. Hey, yeah. there you are. Bella, bella, okay. Actually, Claudia told me she's originally yeah. from Venice. Oh, really? Yes, oh, yeah. How wow, cool is what that, a eh? wonderful city that is. I know. Yeah. Well, uh, so, go, bottom line, yeah. uh, Claudia's job is, like she said, to make friends with very passionate people who support the TBG either as sponsors or donors or friends of the garden. All, uh, it's often very financially based, I imagine. Is. Yeah. It's very financially based, but we also like to um, to receive advice, to receive support mm-hmm. uh, in terms of advocacy for mm-hmm. the green spaces of uh, that the city can have and enjoy and develop. Uh, but definitely, yes, the Toronto Botanical Garden is actually a charitable organization, yeah. and as such, we do sustain much of what we do through donations. Right. And uh, so we're always happy and encouraging <laughs> uh, people to to give. Give us their gifts and uh, let us uh, put it to the good use uh, that mm-hmm. we do through all our programming and uh, by maintaining the gardens. Now, Claudia, I've got to tell you, before we even went on the air, Charlie grabbed me by the, the ear and said, "You, oh, wait till you t- hear our guest this morning. She's going to be talking about this wonderful event. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a real splashy do, but, but it sounds like a ton of fun. But before we get to that event, you know what I'd like to do? i just like to place everybody... Um, where exactly the Toronto Botanical Gardens is. Uh, the Botanical Garden is uh, actually in the geographical center of the city, pre- pretty close to it anyways. Mm-hmm. It is at Leslie and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the axis is, in fact, on the southwest uh, corner of the intersection of Leslie and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And uh, for everybody who remembers uh, going to spend some time as children, perhaps, at the Edwards Gardens, mm-hmm. the Toronto Botanical Garden is essentially the gateway to right. the Edwards Garden. Yeah, because a lot of people do know Edwards Gardens. Yeah. Yeah, for exactly. sure. And so, and so TBG, or Toronto Botanical Gardens, how big is the actual botanical garden? Well, it's an unusual botanical garden compared to the others in the country. We are only four and a half acres. That's what I thought, yeah. Uh, but we have managed to build 17 beautiful contemporary gardens mm-hmm. in those four and a half acres. Right. And uh, the, the whole flavor of this botanical garden is slightly different from many other mm-hmm. botanical gardens because we are very much catering to the urban gardener. Right. That's yeah. true. With small, like you said, small contemporary exactly. gardens, edible gardens, ornamental gardens, pollinator-friendly gardens. Exactly. All kinds of different and beautiful, really yes. beautiful. Yes. Any time of year. It's a gorgeous Any place. Any time of year, yeah. Now, but... But again, sorry to interrupt you, but the, so the four and a half acres of the Toronto Botanical Gardens is butted right up against Edwards Gardens. So you don't really know when you leave one garden and enter another garden, do you? No, you don't. We are free admission and mm. we're not gated ourselves, nor is the Edwards Garden right. in, in that sense. Um, there is a continuity between our gardens. You will have to be a pretty uh, sort of a uh, design-aware mm-hmm. person to re- recognize that there is a shift between mm-hmm. the contemporary flavor of our garden design mm-hmm. and the Edward Gardens. The more traditional. Course, historical property. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, Edwards Gardens connects to what, Serena Gundy Park, and it just goes all the way down to the lake, really. Absolutely. Yeah. certainly does. It's one of our, I think, best-kept secrets. Yeah. Very few people know about it, but you can actually walk all the way to the lakeshore. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can. Through ravines and parks. Through the ravine system. And it's all like paved pathways, too. It's it's fantastic. There's something for everybody. Well, we're going to take a little walk to hike or bike or... We're going to do that. Frank and I are going to do that. We're going to hike that one day. But are you going to broadcast while you hike? Oh, that would be now, the best. There, there's an idea. What a promoter you are. <laughs> I know. Ah. She's smart, yeah, eh? Claudia's right. on the ball. All right. <laughs> the event. Let's talk about the upcoming event, May the 30th, which I think is a Wednesday, isn't it? It certainly is. Right. Uh, May the 30th, 12 noon, at the Toronto Botanical Garden, we have a fabulous event that is called Woman to Woman. And we have so many women who are already uh, planning their outfits and their hats and fascinators. No, it's it's It's, frocks and hats, exactly. Exactly, it's it's the most glamorous garden party in the city. It's uh, it's a way to fundraise to preserve this wonderful resource that we have in the city, which is the Toronto Botanical Garden in style. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a fashion show. We're going to have a hat and fascinator competition with great prizes provided by Bayview. Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have music, phenomenal food provided by uh, some of the top caterers in town, 
and a lot of fun. And all these women, we are expecting upward of 250 of them, wow. are going to spend the lunchtime uh, uh, with their friends, looking at the beautiful gardens. Of course, being an outdoor garden yeah. party, yeah. it's going to rely on the beauty of the surroundings. Right. And uh, it has never let, it, let us down so far. This is so. the third annual Woman to Woman event. It is. Now, are, are men welcome too? You know, if you wear a hat or a fascinator, Frank, we'll let you in. I, I, I'll even wear a boa. <laughs> well, then you're in. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not that men aren't allowed. It's yeah. just that it is it's a... Ma- it, basically for women. Ju- yeah, sure. In my experience, there's men pouring the wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's men behind the catering table serving the food. <laughs> we are here but to serve you. That's right. There yes. are men with cameras taking pictures. Yeah. Uh, but generally speaking, it's, a, it's woman to woman. Well, and that's it, fine. It's so much fun. Oh, the food is like to die for it. There's like little food uh, stations, catering stations all over the, the garden. So you mm-hmm. wander around and music is playing. And I'm and sure there's some refreshment in some special glasses. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the big sponsors is Southbrook um, Vineyards. Vineyards, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Southbrook, of course, is now at Niagara-on-the-Lake. But they used to be right around the corner from where I live in Richmond Hill. Well, uh, I, I always thought you should live next door to a winery. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the it was the best. They uh, they sold all that. Of course, it's turning into re- not all of it. Actually, they sold everything on the south side of Major Mackenzie, and that's all now residential. Right. And they built this incredible uh, winery down in Niagara on the Lake. Well, this sounds like a marvelous event, though, Claudia. Gosh. It is, it is, and it started just uh, three years ago, as, as Charlie said, and uh, it, it took us a little bit by surprise, you know, we all felt that it was a great idea, but people really embraced it, and all these wonderful women in the city started calling their friends and their mm-hmm. daughters and their mothers and so forth, and so we have mm-hmm. some wonderful groups of uh, women, uh, families really, multi-generational yeah. <laughs> groups that uh, come in and will come in again for the third time this year, and they just, uh, they just made Make it their little tradition to to welcome spring and to have a great time together. Is, is there a limited amount of tickets uh, for the event? Well, there certainly is. We just try to offer the best experience to everybody, which yeah. means limiting the number of people sure. who can participate uh, just to enjoy the gardens. And so uh, I would urge everybody to try and uh, book their tickets as soon as possible. Uh, May 30th is just around the corner. You bet. And that, that's through the website and or by phone as well? Yes, they can do it two ways. They can call uh, 416-397-1483. That is the development office. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually have people standing by right now. Anybody who might be able to call in and uh, book their ticket. But they can also reserve their tickets uh, through our website, uh, which is www.torontobotanicalgarden.com. Okay, I want to check that phone number one more time here. 416-397-1483. Gotcha. Okay. And the other thing that you didn't mention, I think, Claudia, is there is a small silent auction as well. There certainly is. We always try to provide opportunities for people to decorate their garden or uh, to to just pick up some wonderful, uh, luxurious gifts for their friends. Travel. And And so we keep it small and, and very... Uh, very rich in the type of uh, um, type of items that we provide. Uh, so there is going to be a little bit of shopping, and why not? There are all sure. women there. I'm why sure not? they will mind. Sounds very elegant. It's very mm. elegant and fun. And I'm looking forward to this food because Claudia told me there's, I think, six or maybe seven different caterers we on site. We have some of the most amazing caterers in town, and we're very lucky because they're all very good friends of the Toronto Botanical Garden. Mm. We are a um, rental facility. We have a lot of weddings and the corporate events happening there and all sorts of other events, um, anniversary parties and so forth. And so we have an exclusive list of caterers that uh, work with us on a regular basis. And uh, for this particular event, we have uh, some big names like a la carte, yeah. Yorkshire Pudding, Danielle and Danielle, Encore, Sequel, yeah. Temptation. And these are all the uh, the best caterers in town who really go out of their way to showcase yeah. uh, what they can do. Sure, the, the creme de la creme. It's going to be huh? a lot of fun. So yeah. maybe we'll get Frank in a boa and a, and a fascinator <laughs> and, and slide him in. Maybe no one will notice. <laughs> he is so fascinating. Oh, well, dear. thanks a ton for this, Claudia. I'm so glad that you were able to join us and tell everybody a little bit about what's coming up at the TBG. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Arrivederci, Claudia. <laughs> Arrivederci. Take care. See you soon. Bye-bye. So it sounds like Bye. A, you were right. Uh, she sounds so passionate about this and uh, obviously loves what she does. I know. So I know. Don't you cool. love that when somebody explains yeah. their job as being and they know, love it. having that great opportunity to meet with other people who are just as Find passionate. something that you love to do. You'll never have to have a job. You're absolutely yeah, right. Can I quote life. you on that? It, you may. You right. may. Good stuff. Well, I didn't coin that. I <clears throat> stole it from somebody. Okay. Uh, speaking of stealing from, uh, I'm going to steal your time to devote to your exercises <laughs> you should be doing. Well, I, I should I'm, be doing. I'm always doing the exercises. Well, you You're need the one to. who really needs it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Are oh, you making a suggestion no, I, about my waistline oh, I just realized <laughs> James Patrick Dooley looked up sharply and went, oh, Proctor, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Away you go, my. Uh, there you are, my love. There you are. Thanks for that. Uh, okay. okay, the reason he's making fun of me is he has been a lazy butthead sitting at home, and I've been out in the garden for the last ten days sweating. But the reason I'm able to do that is because I've been taking my Sierra Sil, and I have no aches or pains. Uh, you know, just the fingers and the elbows and the knees. All that bending and lifting has been quite. Uh, Kate, I've been able to do it without uh, whining and complaining too much. Now, too much. Sierra Sil is a completely natural <laughs> supplement that both Frank and I take. You can tell it works really well on Frank's jaw, yeah. right? It's, uh, yeah, he's able to keep that going. Um, bottom line, you can learn more at sierrasil.ca or give them a call, 1-877-JOINT-14, or pick up Sierra Sil at many of your local health food stores. S-I-E-R-R-A. S-I-L Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. We're going to take a little trip north here, Charlie, up mm-hmm. to Barrie, where I bet it's a beautiful day there. Mm-hmm. Delane on the line. Good morning. Yes, and a beautiful day to the both of you. Well, thank, thank you. you. Uh, I would like to know everything you can tell me about rhubarb. <laughs> I am told that the first pickings are not edible. First pickings as in when they're first planted or just first pickings of no, the spring? No, when they start, when they're finally, like mine are coming up beautifully. Mm-hmm. And But I'm told that once they get to, a, you know, a, maybe a 12 inches long, mm-hmm. uh, the first picking is is not, uh, they're, they're supposed to be poison. Oh, okay. Let's, uh, all right, well, I'll tell you what I know. Uh, every picking is delicious. I would not hesitate to use the first s- stems, if you will, because it is the stems of the rhubarb that we eat. The blade, the leaf blade of all rhubarb is all poisonous. Mm-hmm. So we never, ever eat the, the leaf. But we do chop the leaf off and put the leaf into the composter, and we keep those stems. And it's the, those, whether it's the first stems or – see, the sweetest ones are the first ones, and then they get more and more bitter as the season goes on. So that's why I would never hesitate to use the first, uh, the first pickings, if you will. But obviously be careful you're not eating the leaves. And, right. yeah, I mean whether it's uh, eating them fresh right out of the garden or making some you know, rhubarb grunt or whatever it might be. Yeah. I make rhubarb relish that goes beautiful with meat. There you go. Wait a minute. Rhubarb grunt? Did <laughs> it's you a say? dessert. Relish. Oh. <laughs> no, but okay. Delane makes relish. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. do you put manure around that this time of the year, or is that necessary? Well, as long as it's well composted, you can. Uh, because remember, in the spring... All of our garden plants, whether it's our lawns or our vegetables, our trees, our shrubs, all our plants need to be uh, supplemented with nutrients. Uh, They're actively growing. There's tons of energy going into creating all the beautiful flowers and leaves that they're making right now. So they will use whatever we can give them. Beautiful. Composted manure is excellent as a top dressing or an amendment to our garden soil now or in the fall. Great idea. And of course, you know, rhubarb is not what we would consider a heavy feeder, but all plants will definitely benefit from any kind of, uh, you know, sort of good um, organic material being incorporated around them. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. Delaney, are you you a first-time caller? Love your program, you guys. Are are you a first-time caller? Uh, no, I've called you a couple of times. Oh, okay. Getting very, very good. good advice. Thanks okay. so much for calling again. Thank My you pleasure. so much. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. You're listening to The Garden Show, by the way, broadcasting live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, AM 740. And uh, let's see, from Union, it's Dawn online. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. Morning. 
It's Susan calling. I'm calling oh. for my husband, Don. Ah, He's out good. in the garage listening. <laughs> we have um, a 20-year-old boxwood uh-huh. that my husband um, brought with us when we moved to Union, and we transplanted it along, um, along a pathway, and it's growing beautifully. It's about two and a half feet tall. Hmm. We want to know, can we cut it back now? Is what shape is it? Is it like a pyramid or a no, globe? It's, a, it's just a. It's not a pyramid, really. It's a. It's just a bush. Okay. And so you want to do some pruning just to give it a little bit of shape or tidy yes. it up a bit? Uh-huh. Yes. And you've never pruned it in twenty years? Well, a friend of ours actually dug it up from his house and brought it here, uh, and we didn't think it was going to take, but it did. Oh, nice. And we noticed this year there's actually it's actually growing from the bottom now, where it was just on the top. Oh, okay, good. Yes, absolutely. Uh, now, would you prune it right now? Do you, are you seeing new growth on that plant? Uh, yes. Yes, then definitely. Now is your time to prune it with some. If you have shears, which yes. are like this Edward Scissorhand type. Uh, um, yes. Cutting tools. Yes, you do. Yep, use those. And because you you don't want to sit there and go, you know, one little piece at a time. Right. You want to kind of visualize what shape you want it to be at the end. Right. It doesn't have to be a really tight pruning that you're doing, but it, it certainly is. Number one will encourage more dense growth, which right. you do want. You don't want it to be all sort of uh, scraggly looking. You want it to be dense and compact. So pruning and shearing now will encourage that. Okay. Uh, and, and you don't have to be super formal, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it can still be a fairly loose looking plant, but by giving an all over shearing to it, you'll just find it'll look that much better throughout the season. Right. Now, um, how far down should we prune it? The most you would ever take off is one-third of the plant. Okay. But with that, that age boxwood that hasn't seen a lot of pruning, I probably wouldn't take off more than about, you know, half an inch all around. Just half an inch all around? Yeah. I mean, unless for some reason it's you really need to take more than that, like it's coming out over the walkway or something. Um, not really. Now, if we prune it a half an inch all, all the way around, mm-hmm. um, that will stimulate the growth from the bottom as well? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, depending on how woody the plant is, like, uh-huh. that, you know, you could maybe take, take even more than that. You could potentially even take a whole inch off. But if taking that whole inch off will leave it with absolutely no leaves, then I wouldn't go that far. Okay. You, you've got to make sure. If we take an inch off and we do have leaves, we can, we... You're good. Okay. Yeah. And okay. do remember to feed it as well through this process. Yes. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay, thank well, thank much. you very much. And say hi Good. to your poor husband that you sequestered in the uh, garage. He's <laughs> here in the garage listening to you. He's sharpening <laughs> the pruners. Hey, hi, Don. Why okay. did you ask her something else? <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you rascal you. Make him call. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, we actually met you at Cannondale. Uh, nursing oh, here in St. Yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. You came and did a workshop. Yes, indeed. Oh, I, mean, good I know stuff. you don't remember, but we had a nice time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's good. the Cannondale event is wonderful. Every year they do that. It's it a is, great it event. Is. Well, thank you very good much. Stuff. Thank you. Nice talking to you Th- both. Thanks okay, for calling. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye, and thank you for joining the Garden Show here at AM 740. Um, do we have... Um, yes. Yes, Lorne on uh, Line 7 here. Yes. Grafton. Hi. Good morning. How are Hello. you? Hi. Good morning. We live way out in the country, and uh, we're on a bit of a little bit of acreage, not a lot, but a little over an acre. Um, and we uh, have a red maple that we sort of planted about, uh, I'd say, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, um, in an area where we sort of put plants that we want to move later. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's a red maple, and it's only about a foot, foot and a half tall now, mm-hmm. starting to just bud and leaf. Is it safe to take that out and transplant it where we want to put it at this time of the year? Actually, this is a very good time to do it. My one question is, you're calling it a red maple. Does it grow, does it have purple leaves? Yes. Okay, so that's actually a Norway maple, commonly called a red maple just because of those purple leaves. It's a cultivar called Crimson King. So it gives you those purple leaves and it's, it becomes a very large tree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's you've, so. If you're going to transplant it, I would suggest you tra- like visualize that this plant wants to be about 40 feet tall and 40 feet wide Ooh. in yeah. 25 <laughs> years. Okay. So give it. You've got the space. You've got the acreage. So yeah. imagine where this is going to go and provide it that ability to reach that size. Make sure it's going to be in uh, good air circulation because we've certainly been seeing a lot of issues with tar spot, the black spots on Norway maples. 
Um, also, sometimes crimson kings will show a bit of powdery mildew towards the end of the summer just because of the way they grow. They, once they get older, they're so dense in their The leaf. air doesn't get in there. Exactly. The air circulation. It, 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 so, you know, if, you're, if you kind of have a high spot where you've got good sort of winds blowing through, this is a tough plant. It can certainly withstand mm-hmm. uh, any kind of winds and, and just give it that opportunity to reach its full size and be subjected to good sun and good air. What about, we have a bit of a wet spot down at the bottom of the property. I'm wondering if it's good for that area. Not particularly. Not particularly. It's not a plant that really likes a wet spot. Um, You know what loves, of course, you probably know things like willow love wet spots. Yeah, we have willows down there and they grow like weeds. Yeah, of course. So, and they will grow bigger and bigger right before your very eyes. Yeah. Another plant that I love in a moist area is elder. Any of the elders grow very well in, in low, moist areas. And, of course, elder plants, we love them because, of course, they have great flowers in late spring. They have amazing berries in the summer. That's your elderberry elder berries, yeah. jams and jellies and wines. And they're, obviously the birds love them. So they're you know huge uh, bird favorites. You're going to fight the birds off to get any of those berries. So they're, they're just a really nice plant. And you can get – they grow big. Again, you know, 10 feet tall, 8 feet wide bushes. So, you know, if you're looking – looking for something large or fairly large to put into a low-lying spot, that's what I'd be concentrating. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate the, the information. Our thank pleasure. You, Thanks Bye for there. calling. Take Bye-bye. care of Grafton for Lauren, us. Lauren, are you a first-time caller? No, I've called before. Oh, you have? Okay. Ah. All right. Okay, there you go. just checking. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> have, have a good one. Thank you Thanks. very much. And hey, uh, up on the hill there in Hamilton, Rose is on the line. Good morning, Rose. Hi, Charlie and uh, Frank. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Good. Can I have that little bell, please? Oh, my gosh, can you ever? Thank you. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding, as Frank Sinatra used to say. <laughs> Great. Now, I have three uh, poinsettias that are as beautiful as they were at Christmas. Uh-huh. Do I cut them back to put them outside or no? Um, the literature usually... Well, okay, normally, you've obviously done a good job here. Normally, they will have dropped their red leaves or their colored leaves. Yeah, I have one that's seven years old. Oh, really? Yeah. Well... Flowered every year. Yeah, so even if they're still holding their colored leaves... Just sort of going back to the color, we had two colors ago about the boxwood and the idea that pruning the plant will help it be a dense, compact, better shaped plant. That exact same sort of philosophy works on your poinsettia as well. So that, I mean, even if you don't need to prune them, like they look fine and the color... Cut the flowers off is what I hate. Yeah, well, well, the actual flowers are those little puffball uh-huh. round things on the tips, and of course, yeah. the colored leaves are really oh, the leaves. leaves then is that what yeah. But um, but beautiful. yeah, I would prune. I mean, I would prune them for shape, shape and balance. Oh, okay. Get them outside, put them in the shade, of course, and uh, and you'll find they'll just thicken up. They'll just be you know better looking plants at the end of the summer than they are now, which is what you want to because they're going to come in and they're going to be show pieces inside again next fall. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. Excellent. Okay. Thank you for calling. Thanks so much Thank for your you. call. All right. Now I'm looking at the clock. Oh, yes, we do have time, I believe. We're being very time. efficient here. Yes, we and are. Notice how I said we. <laughs> I, I don't oh, know oh, where oh, I get this the shots idea. I'm getting. The well, shots you, I'm getting. You refer to it as your show, and I'm saying uh, we. Like, what's well, wrong I'm with sorry. me? Charlie Dobbin and her show continues yes. uh, <laughs> along with the conversation the to follow. Gardner, Franklin. With, <laughs> with Mark calling in from Barry. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? Good, thanks. Good morning. I think, I think it's bell time. Ring, oh, ring your first time bell. caller? Yes, first time oh, caller. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about hydrangeas. Mm-hmm. I have two hydrangeas I've had for maybe five to seven years. They flowered the first year, never flowered since. Mm. And and I've had, you know, people tell me, well, they need fertilizer, they mm-hmm. need, uh, you know, more sun, they need, you know, this and that, nothing has worked. And do you have any idea what variety of hydrangea they were when you bought them? No, I, I don't know. They were, they were in a pot. <laughs> I don't know. And they weren't like something you got for Easter or something? No, they, no. Okay, and they probably had blooms on them when you bought them. They did. Were they pink ball shaped or blue ball shapes? They were pink. They're pink. And this was five to seven years ago, five you said? Five to seven years ago. I mean, they, they grow. They have this amazing leaf on it, but uh-huh. they don't flower. Okay. Uh, it's likely, but not necessarily true, but it is likely that what you've got are endless summer hydrangeas. And if you do, then they certainly should bloom. And yet, I agree with you. I find them a little... Uh, not dependable. They they bloom some years and not other years. Well, and, this one, you know, it's been seven years, so. Yeah. But I have other other hydrangeas. Yep. Bloom like crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, and like you said, they're nice and green. Yeah. And you obviously, yeah. I mean, they need minimum half-day sun, so mm-hmm. I assume they've got that. Mm-hmm. They hydrangea, they like their water. They like a fairly moist soil, a fairly organic soil that holds the moisture anyway. Mm-hmm. And other than that, a little fertilizer in the spring, you should be good to go. Yeah, I've tried everything. Nothing works. I'd start threatening them. Actually, I I have done that, and and it hasn't worked either. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, well, what I would do is, yeah, maybe tell them this is their last year, and then they're they're done, right? Because sometimes you just, some plants are just bum plants. Mm -hmm. You know, you just can't win. It's just kind of strange that there was two of them in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Mm -hmm. So nothing, eh? No magical bullets there, sorry. (laughs) Thanks for calling in any case. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we have to take a little bit of a break here and come right back. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You pick the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, coming up, of course, at the top of the hour at 10, it's Dave's Corner Garage with Dave Redinger and Alan Gelman. The most fun you can have with your clothes on, I'm telling you. They have a, they have <laughs> a ball actually on their show. revving their engines as we speak. Yes. And you're back, uh, of course. Yes, at noon after. for the diner. Mm-hmm. I'll be here between 1 and 2 with uh, Live in the City. And then at 4 o'clock, it's the Real Money Show. Well, you do a lot on Saturdays. Oh, they keep me busy. I was going to say, so you get to like sleep in on Sundays. Yes. Excellent. Yes, I do. Excellent. Uh, okay, so just remind everybody, you can email me, c.dobbin at mzmedia.com mm-hmm. or follow me on Twitter at Charlie Dobbin. Having a lot of fun with the Twitter, I'll tell you. Tweeting like crazy, lots of good pictures. <laughs> and, and that email address for those in the States, it's cdobbin at mzmedia.com. Oh, really? Com. It changes for these Americans yeah, now. Dot com. You uh, didn't say okay. dot com, didn't you? Yeah. I didn't, didn't I say dot com? Uh, I did say dot okay. com. Very yep. good. Very and remember, good. at Charlie Dobbin is my Twitter address. You got it. And birthday greetings to my mom one more time. Oh, hey, Dolly. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Dolly. Happy birthday to you. There we go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Great callers. Thanks to the first-time callers. Thanks, Frank. Yeah. And thanks, James Patrick Dooley. And we'll see you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.